0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Cut to Reveal, the podcast where we talk about the editing art form and all the hurdles of that career path. As always, I'm Ricky, and I'm with my co-host, Peter.
1: Hey, everyone. I'm glad to be here.
0: It's an Ask Us Anything episode, so we have four questions from listeners and editors like you that we will answer based on our own experience.
1: Yeah, and by the way, it shows that we are listening. So we have this link in the description to SpeakPipe where you can record your message.
0: Ask us anything or give us ideas or comments or tell us how nice my beard is.
1: <laughs> <laughs> also, we have a new partner of the podcast, which is super exciting to me and yeah. And this partner is is like a dream partner because that's the platform uh, for sound effects that we have been using for, for, for mm-hmm. a long time and that I have actually recommended on the Cut to the Point channel for a while now, even though I had no associate, association with them. And that pa- partner is Soundly. So the best, in my opinion, the best platform for sound effects for filmmakers. We'll speak about them a little bit more at the end of the episode.
0: Before we move on, Peter, I know that you're working on some new videos for Cut to the Point. Do you want to talk about that for a little bit?
1: Oh, yeah. Last week, I published Essential Motion 2.0, which is the second version of Preset Pack for Premiere that makes adding movement to your shots much, mm-hmm. much easier. I use yeah. them for uh, almost like every project. I think every project, actually, that I work I on, at least to I some extent. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's pay what you can, so you can get it for free, completely for free, um, just like the first version, but this one is bigger, better, uh, better described, better done, better everything. So yeah, yeah that's. I, I hope you will enjoy using it as much as I do. Yeah,
0: these are essential movements, so like zoom in, zoom out, pans, left, right, all that stuff, the stuff that you would just go to normally, just to zazz it up a little bit, and it's all in one pack, so it's super awesome to have, and...
1: So so go to the uh, to the Cut to the Point channel and you know get it yourself.
0: All right, great. Well then let's why don't we get into the questions? Let's get into the meat of this episode.
1: And the first question that we'll answer uh comes from Dustin and he recorded it on SpeakPipe. So once again, you know, do it as well if you want <laughs> us to answer. <laughs> Link in the description. Uh, okay, and let's listen to it. Let's listen to it. Hey there, thanks for doing the podcast. Um, super deep minor detail I'm curious
0: about. Uh, what's your thoughts on string outs versus uh, sub clipping
1: for doing selects? Um, I like to do string outs so that I can see all the footage in context and see how long each shot is. Um, and then when my selects are on the second layer, uh, the second track. But sometimes I think sub clips are a little more useful to see just what you need. So Just curious what you all think about doing string outs versus subclips. Thanks a lot. I love that he's already doing both of these, but let me tell you Mm -hmm. why Uh, for most workflows, string outs or select reels are more efficient. Okay. So basically they convey more information. Obviously you can have subclips that you will rename to, to convey information about what the subclip is about. But that's not efficient if you have many clips because it involves a lot of clicking, a lot of like going from one clip to the other, a lot of reading as well. So it's mm-hmm. just not as, a, as it's just not as efficient as navigating one single timeline uh, that, that is like, you know, topic based, right? Because what you should do with your string outs, with your select reels is to have them categorized in some way. So, for a small project, obviously, it can be one timeline with all of them, with all of the clips. But for a bigger one, you want to have a separate timeline for each character, right? Or for, for, for a documentary, for, for example. If you're doing actually a documentary, you also want to have uh, mm-hmm. a separate string out, a separate select rule for every topic that you think is essential to mention, not only character, but for example, for a place that they are like, you know, talking about, visiting or whatever. Mm -hmm. So the more categorization you put there, the better. But the the, the Select Reels uh, version always conveys more information because as you said, Dustin, it helps when you move clips to the second track, but you can also move clips to the third one, to the fourth one, right? Depending on how much you like a given shot. We call it like, you know, um, basically like the best moments, good moments, useful moments, whatever you categorize Mm -hmm. it, you can convey that information visually. It's a visual representation of information, which always will be faster than text. Yeah, so just from that efficiency point of view, it's just faster to do uh, select reels. Also, it kind of like gives you the option to use things that you haven't thought were useful at the beginning, right? Because if you do subclips, you will never go back to the original media probably again. Like the the the, the parts that you haven't included in that subclip at first, right? But sometimes these moments that you thought would be unusable actually come in handy to fix like some kind of continuity issue or whatever, Right or just to convey emotion. Uh, I I don't know. Sometimes shaky footage can be useful, for example. There are those situations. And, uh, you know, having select reels, uh, having string outs, helps you to kind of like, even when you're navigating from one clip to another, see what's in between. Mm -hmm. And kind of like you expose your mind to possibilities. So that's why I think string outs, select reels are best for most of the workflows and most of the projects. But there are situations, for example, when you're dealing with drone footage, where you have like 20 minutes of, you know, flying a drone over location, where you just know that only this section is potentially usable, because like the rest is just flying to location, out of location, out of the, you know, in point, out point, whatever, right? So in those situations... SubClip actually, you know, limits the size of the string out you will have later, right? But you can, and in my opinion, should in most cases, include that SubClip in a string out anyway. For my
0: own workflow, I don't use SubClips ever because it's just not a habit that I've picked up. I always just use the, um, the Select Reel with the three levels of best, good, and, you know, usable. Uh, I would say that if you, you know, in my mind, listening to you and talking about it and thinking about it is that a sub clip is best when you're like, you know, exactly that that clip is what that clip is. You make the sub clip so that you can easily grab it every time to, to throw it on the line rather than going back. Even if you have a pancake timeline where you can like drag stuff down to, to the line that you're utilizing. But I think like you had said, like you're always going to be using, I think that having a selects reel. And being able to look at the timeline and scrub through it constantly, just to like find new gems or new stuff that you can um, will be relevant to whatever you wherever you are in the edit, is going to be um, more useful in the end or more utilized even than a subclip.
1: Okay, uh, Dustin, we hope it helps. And let's yeah. move on with Erwan's question. All right, Ricky, do you want to read it? Sure. Erwan
0: is a friend of the show. He's been on the show. He's a fantastic editor. This is actually the second question that he's asked us. So this one is for freelance editors, which both of us are. And this is the question. As freelance editors, how do you charge your client? And how does one know how much he or she is worth? That's a great question because that is constantly in flux, I think, depending on your client and depending on where you are in the world. I think that you need to set standards of what you want and what you don't want. And then there are always going to be exceptions to that rule. So for me, uh, I have a, you know, once you, I would even say not that you have to like wait until you get to a certain point in your career. I think you should figure out what people are getting paid in the area that you're in um, and then kind of build it from there. My recommendation is that you have a a rate card that has your day rate, has an hourly rate and has rates for what you would work or what you would hope to get paid for or what you expect to get paid for on the weekends and on the weekdays. And then my recommendation also is to when you give that to a client, any new client that you tell them that it's all negotiable. And then you kind of go from there. You got to have that conversation, but you need to set the standards that you want. Uh, And I would say, don't sell yourself short, even if you're just coming out of college or even whatever, and you think that you have to lowball yourself so that you get clients Once you set that standard for yourself, then that's what people are going to expect from you. So if you're like, I'll do it for $100 a day, every time you get a new client, you keep saying that, then that's what you're going to get. And it's going to be harder for you to basically raise your rates if they have an expectation. That being said, if you have good clients who know your worth and know that you're a good person and know that you're uh, a good worker, then raising the rates will be fine. And they'll be like, that makes perfect sense. But you should always at least know what the standard is that people are getting, um, that are people are paying for your services. And by research, I mean ask other editors that you know, or look at it online because there's always somebody asking this question. So there's a good resource of that stuff on on the on the web on the web. Um, yeah. So
1: yeah. Although be careful with you know uh, Facebook comments because sometimes those can be like you know written by. Uh, externists, kind of. So uh, you have to be careful with that. But, yeah. I mean, that's why you should do research based not only on one comment you read on Facebook, right? But rather on conversations, as Ricky said. Uh, and yeah, sometimes, exactly. you know, I, I I, mean, even if you, like, you're like, you hesitating to ask someone you know about the dirt, rate, uh, usually it's not really a big deal. Uh, so... I mean, just ask. You, you you won't get it if you want to ask, uh and you might get it if you ask. You usually will.
0: And then the caveat to that is that once you have established your rates and whatever, then it kinda of de- then as always, it depends on who the client you're working for or whatever the project is. Yeah. But basically, kind of to reiterate what I said, make make sure that you're going to be getting something that you think that you're worth. And even if you are hesitant about that stuff don't be afraid just be like this is what i want this is what i think i'm worth and back it up be like i know that in this area or for this this is how much people get paid and even though whatever whatever this is what yeah. i should get and then you know have an argument make sure that yeah. you can back it up with facts yeah. and stuff. because usually when people hear that
1: then I, I don't think you have to bring it out right away only if the conversation yeah. like goes goes this way, right? First of all, like be just, but just be bold. Like, don't overthink it. Don't explain yourself. Just give the number to the client or the rate card. So we will actually uh, upload somewhere. There will be a link in the description to an example rate card uh, that you can like you know uh, customize for your own purposes. Uh, yeah, why not? We'll do it. Something that I want that I wanted to add to that conversation and to that question is thinking about your end goal uh, because mm-hmm. I think at the end you want to be able to say no to a lot of projects that that's my end goal at least right I I know that I want to mm-hmm. be in a place where I just say to a project that I really uh, say yes to a project that I really love and say no to every other project that like I'm not 100% sure about right so if you have that in mind it's important to also diversify your income to some extent. If you have other sources mm-hmm. of income, then you can say no to projects that are not very- Desirable. Yeah, exactly, are not very right. desirable. So have that in mind when you're working on your uh, you know, on your rate and on your career, basically, and the way you charge clients.
0: Don't let the client determ- determine your worth come in and know what your worth is and then basically that's where it starts is with you. Thanks for the question, Erwan. I hope that that helps out you and like every other people. But that's uh, something that is a constant struggle that even uh, even myself I, I, uh, I wrestle with sometimes because you sure. never know until you like basically have the conversation.
1: Okay, let's move on with the next question that comes from Ishan. I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly. Basically Ishan is asking what to do if he's not sure if video e- editing is correct path for him. And yeah as as we've mentioned of the camera with Ricky it's it's a hard question to answer with you know uh, without more context. But what but but what yeah. I would say and what I also talk about in the editing chef program is that you have to understand you have to know why are you editor in the first place? Why have you actually started mm-hmm. doing it? Is it because you're excited about filmmaking? Is it because like, like you love shaping stories on the timeline? Or is it just because you thought it would be a nice way to make a living uh, sitting in front of the computer at your home because you're an introvert? Like, <laughs> if the latter, then it might not be the right path for you. It's just like you, you mm-hmm. have to have a good mindset, and mindset is something that editor, editors don't talk about a lot, but I think mindset is essential to not only how you do as an editor in the long run, but also to mm-hmm. your like work the work, life balance and everything basically. The, 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 the long game is in the mindset when you have correct mindset right. you're in the you're in there for for a long time if you don't have correct mindset it's just a matter of time when a burnout comes and takes you alive <laughs> it's your yeah. life it's
0: your life ooh we got dark there so, yeah i mean especially if you're at the very beginning of your journey and if you're a freelance editor uh, it's it's gonna be dark. It's gonna be a struggle. It's a grind. Like you know, you got to put yourself out there, and it's it's juggling, networking, and creating content that you can show off your skills with. Um, I when I was starting out, after I um can I just say put out into the world. Like I wasn't working on projects that were real worthy, so I had to make stuff for myself. Um, and actually a lot of the jobs that I ended up getting in the future were all based off of content that I created myself. And when mm-hmm. I say content, I mean, anything mm-hmm. so short music videos, skateboard videos. I mean, that's just from, from what I worked on and stuff, but those are the things that you're going to, um, that you need to compile to show your work. And it's the same. I was talking to, some, or I mentioned this to somebody the other day. It's like, don't expect to make up your reel initially with stuff that you get paid for there's enough resources online where it's like you just create your own stuff to show that you have the skills. And when you're in college and you're going to school for this stuff and you get put out into the world, everything that you've created is from school. It's not like paid gigs. It's stuff that you basically just generated yourself for assignments. So think of it in that way. Like you have to create these portfolios and create these reels based off of
1: your own content that you've created. Okay, and actually, I think your answer also applies to the next question that we have from Narmis. He asks, how to stay motivated and from where should we start to get ourselves inspired? Is there any way we can quickly edit a video as we like it? I mean, as we like it is a term he used. So uh, <laughs> it depends on how you like it. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, but if, if you mean like, can I edit quickly? the highest level that there is. Uh, The answer is yeah, no. I mean, it's the same with cooking. If you're expecting to eat like a Mm -hmm. five-star meal, even if you're the best cook in the world, it just doesn't happen in one minute. There is no way around it. There is no shortcut. You have to put in the work. You have to put in the work. And same holds true here, right? And how to stay motivated? I mean... It goes back to, to what Ricky said, uh, to creating your own content. If you're not motivated to create your own content, then it means there mm-hmm. is something wrong with your mindset once again. Uh, so ask yourself, why are you doing it in the first place? Another
0: aspect of it is if you were shooting stuff, because like I said before, most of the content that I was putting out into the world was self-generated in regards to like a reel and showing people yeah. my skills. Um, but I understand completely, like if you're shooting your own stuff and you're creating your own content, it gets kind of exhausting after a while, especially if you've got a lot of ideas and you're like, this is the best thing ever. And then you shoot it. And you're like, I just shot this and I don't want to sit down and edit it now. Um, so in that sense, I would say pick one project and focus on it and then do that. Yeah. Don't put stuff off. Don't be like, I'm going to shoot this and then maybe in a couple of weeks I'm going to get back to it because I can tell you right now that that's not going to happen as soon as it gets farther away from the day that you shot it it's going to get more, it's going to get less and less interesting. Oh yeah, Um, that's true. So, and then the other aspect of it is if you're like, well, I want to give it to somebody else to edit, but I want it to be edited in a certain way. There's no way that you're going to be able to be like, oh, I'll just trust that they're going to do exactly what I want without also having your hands in it.
1: Yeah, you have to direct the, the, the person basically.
0: You have to direct them. So you're going to have to be doing work anyway. And then it's just adding a wild card in it because you've got this other person and hopefully you have a good working relationship anyway. But in that sense, it's better to just do it yourself and then you can do it. Another thing I want to add is that the content that you come up with doesn't have to be like some grand sweeping gesture of like, here's a short film that I cut. It could be just you editing to, show off like okay basically like tutorial videos and stuff like okay i had one where i wanted to do like parallaxing and if you know what parallaxing is basically like creating two making 2d images 3d and then making an animation of it so i just did that and i liked the way it looked and i was like i'm gonna put this on my reel and it was just something that i thought i wanted to do and see how it would how it would come together i did it i got that skill and then i used it as part of my reel yeah so it doesn't have to be like full long stories it can just be like okay i'm gonna do an edit of a montage to a song that i like yeah it could be a full song it could be 30 seconds of a song it doesn't have to be crazy it's gonna be so just keep that in mind yeah um in regards to inspiring it doesn't have to be feature-length movies because that stuff you're not ready for that especially if you're just beginning like those are that's a marathon yeah we want to get the sprint we want you to just do the 100-yard dash first so
1: Exactly. Keep that in mind. One step at a time, replicate something that you like. Like, you know, if you're not motivated, Mm -hmm. you're not inspired, then get something that inspires you and try to replicate it like the best you can. Exactly. End of story. Thank you
0: to everybody who sent in a, a, a question. And hopefully we'll get more from you guys out
1: there. And by the way, in a moment, we'll do the game, the film game. If you have listened to previous episodes of cut to the reveal you will know what we're talking about if not then you know stick around it will be just a little bit fun between me me and ricky ricky always wins <laughs> so that, that that's a spoiler <laughs> uh, but but first uh, let us say a few words about soundly uh as we've mentioned we would at yeah the beginning. our new partner uh so soundly like ricky how long have you been using it for
0: I've been using it for as long as I've known you because you were the one that introduced it to me. And so that's been, I think, actually over a year
1: now, which seems yeah, kind of crazy. Yeah, over a year. So, And I've been using Soundly for almost three years, I think, right now. Like, it's my go-to place. Whatever I do with sound effects, so any animation, any mm-hmm. logo design, if I, if, I, if I do have to do it, or just like, you know, even using Essential Motion Presets adding sound effects to any transition, any kind of like, you know, accentuated movement in in a frame really helps to sell the effect. And obviously for any short film that I worked on, the same story. Like if you Mm -hmm. need environment sounds, for example, all of it is there. And what I love about Soundly is that they also allow you to import libraries, sound libraries from other places. For example, you can add free sound library library to Soundly. And basically it will hmm. like, you know, search within the cloud results and will like mm-hmm. give you access to a free sound library as well uh, within Soundly. You can also import your own um, library sound libraries from the disk, you know, like a yeah. uh, hardware location.
0: Yeah, and it's all easily searchable. That's what I like about it, is that it's all easily searchable and then you don't even have to like drag the entire clip down which is different than other sound effects libraries that I've used where it's like okay this is the file you download it and then you've got the entire like let's say arbitrary like 2 minutes of bird song you're like I don't want 2 minutes of bird song I just want I just want the robin singing at you know 1 minute 2 seconds or whatever like that what makes soundly better and different is that you can just select what you want and then just easily drag and drop that to your hard drive and then that's it
1: and you know, in preferences, yeah, you can like good. specify how it's gonna be named as it's like downloaded automatically to a folder you specified in in preferences, and it all mm-hmm. happens in the background. Uh, I mean, it's lovely. It's lovely. Soundly, is lovely. We we gonna talk about Soundly more in the future, uh, but for now, we're just thankful to have such a wonderful power partner of the podcast. Thank you, Soundly. Yeah, thank you, Soundly.
0: All right. Now let's have a little bit of fun. If you've heard the podcast before, you know that we, Peter and I would usually play the game. We've done it once with some guests before, but usually it's just me and Peter. Um, And we just call it the game. Uh, But we can't, if you can help us out with coming up with a better name than just the game, then please, uh, there's a link to SpeakPipe or just email us and, and let us know. Anyway, the game basically is like, if you're familiar with categories. We just come up with questions and then we try to answer them and it's all movies or TV. So for, um, an example, I would be like, the question would be like name, a movie with Angelina Jolie, any movie. And then Peter would say something like Mr. And Mrs. Smith, <laughs> Mr. And Mrs. Smith. That's the, that's how the game is played. There are three questions each. So I asked the a question then Peter asks me a question. And we go back and forth until we proclaim a winner. Um, if you listen to Peter, it's always me that wins, but, Today could be different. Um, anyway. Uh, go first, Ricky. Go first.
1: H- how much time do I have to answer?
0: 10 seconds for single answer questions and 30 seconds for multiple choice or multiple answers. Yes, yeah, exactly. My first question is Peter, name an action movie with a female
1: lead. Uh, blonde, uh, Atomic Blonde. All right. Ding, 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 ding. Ricky. Name a feature film or TV show where a suicide takes takes place. Um, Midsummer. I believe you. I haven't seen the movie. What were you thinking? I don't know. The first one that came to my mind is Mad Men. But, I mean, there are many. The series? Yeah, Mad Men, the series. But also, actually, the same actor... The same actor commits suicide in uh, Chernobyl as well, in the first episode. Jared Harris.
0: Ah, Jared Harris.
1: Great actor. Great actor, exactly.
0: Great actor. Second question. This is going to be, uh, I I need three three answers Uh, here. So so I'm going to set the clock for 30 seconds.
1: Because my mind is working
0: so slow. Come on. Name three films with Francis McDermott.
1: Three uh, billboards at the uh, Missouri, Fargo, uh, and uh, Cesar. All right, thank
0: you. Look, it's you too. You uh, you have not missed one yet. Thank you, thank you. I think this it is day. my this day. could be your day.
1: Yeah. Okay, this one will it be, be your day. will be either very easy for you or very difficult. So I'm sorry okay. because it's, it's a, a little bit different question than I we, we always used to ask. But I want to try it out. So, okay. so it, it might be very easy for you. But again, let, I'll, I'll just ask. This, okay. So, who won Oscar for best picture this year? Which film? Oh my god! Sorry, I thought it might be super easy for you. <laughs> I do. But I, know, I sure. do know,
0: and I can't remember. It's it's a shortcut, oh, show.
1: It was Dune no for for the best picture right? it wasn't For doing? the best picture not for best editing for the, best, for the picture. best picture i don't know i don't know then okay
0: i don't know okay okay what is don't look up uh i missed one no i missed
1: it it's
0: so what is it what's the question
1: it's coda, it's coda. it was oh it, that's right it was surprising kind of surprising i think for for a lot of people including myself uh i mean i haven't seen the movie so not seen i'm not the yet. one to judge but yeah i mean you know <laughs> if, if it would be a question about like who won best oscar in 1998 or something like that i think that would be too difficult to include it here but i thought that this year like might be might be good to ask okay anyway
0: it's, that's relevant. I think that that's, I think that that's fair. Okay. Okay. I, it's not a bad Thank you for the blessing. Question.
1: It helps. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. So it's okay. your turn now. Break it me. on. This is your final question. It's a single question and you said a single answer. I am setting the clock to 10 seconds. Are you ready? Yeah, I am. Name a movie that takes place mostly on a plane.
1: Up. Is it, is it? Correct. Up, or flight? Just flight as well. Flight. There is a film called Flight. Flight. Yeah. I I I
0: I can't. I don't think I can give it to you.
1: No, I think you you can't. Up, not obviously. Uh, Well, flight doesn't happen mostly on the
0: plane. It doesn't. There's a plane, and stuff happens on it, but most of that movie is not on a plane. Um, I would have accepted snakes on a plane. (laughs) Um, plane. Um, Air Force One would also be. Air Force One. Why haven't I thought of that? Yeah. Yeah. We are tied right yeah, now. Yeah, this
1: is good. This
0: is the, in the history of the game. I don't think this has ever happened. <laughs>
1: so this will decide. This is it. This is thank all, you. This is my you, last. question. One not. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's 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 give you that one. Uh, I I think it shouldn't be too difficult for you. But anyway, let's let's see. Name two only two movies by uh, Coen Brothers: uh,
0: Miller's Crossing and Barton Fink
1: okay uh, I haven't seen neither of these but but yeah 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 I thought about no oh, brother, old brother where old are you uh, country no country for old man oh, exactly. oh yeah so yeah yeah a few others I had in mind give it to give so it to tied
0: that's a tie <laughs> uh, it's
1: well, is man. it a tie it's this not a tie where, you, this you, is for both ah, of us yeah it is yeah it is a tie I, okay
0: yeah you missed one and I missed one so it's two-two okay, two. Yeah. do we need to make a tiebreaker wow uh, I don't know I like it that way <laughs> I don't think so. This is fine. we have tied. I don't feel first. I don't feel comfortable enough. So. <laughs> All right. So there you have it, folks. That's uh, that's the game. Um, so if you want to hear that more often, then let us
1: know. Um, if not, we're probably just going to do it anyway. So, you know, the thing is that it's it's much easier when you're doing it without the camera and without pressure. But if w- was the camera, like you know, yeah. you know that it's rolling, you know, people are going to listen to it. I don't
0: know, The pressure. That's yeah, a pressure. Exactly. I mean, we know a lot about movies, but then when they're like, all right, you got to sift through that library, and you only get ten seconds to find this yeah, one. Yeah. Exactly. Movie or... In that
1: busy library. Exactly. it's, It's no joke.
0: It's no joke, people. The game is
1: real. Okay, thank you. Thank you for listening to today's episode and we'll see you next time. Have a great day, everybody. Are you still listening? We want to talk a little bit about Editing Chef.
0: You know, Peter, since I'm a self-taught editor, I have these habits that I created that are a little bit too long-winded or they were a little bit too long-winded in the sense of like I would be clicking my mouse too much to get to a certain thing or make a certain kind of cut. Um, But honestly, since I signed up for the Editing Chef, like a lot of that stuff has gone away and I've uh, maximized the uh, efficiency of of my editing workflow, where now I have created like shortcuts and utilize keyboard shortcuts that I hadn't used before. Um, and even a lot of the stuff that I would do to prepare for a project has that I've learned through the course has greatly impacted the way that I work.
1: It's not only about technical aspects, about tips and tricks internally. Uh, it's also about things like mindset, like the approach mm-hmm. to organizing assets and, you know, other things, basically like the workflow in editing chef is the word that covers everything from the moment you get the footage to the moment you deliver a finished project mm-hmm. to the client. So even client feedback and things like that, because all of these things actually have their effect on our efficiency and our approach to editing. And yeah. that's, that's, you know, that's when when I've been putting together lessons for editing chef, that's what I had in mind. I was not thinking about what to do on your timeline to make you edit faster. So I was not thinking along the lines of like, you know, 10 tips to edit faster. I was thinking along the lines of what is the process from the start to begin to till the end and Mm -hmm. how and where are the places? What are the aspects you need to think about to be efficient in the long run? And I think that's the foundation. That's that's the right. foundation of editing Chef. So yeah, if you want to be part of it, we would love to have you there. Just go
0: to cuttothepoint.com forward slash EC or there is a link in the description.
1: Thank you for taking time out of your busy day. If you like what you've heard, please rate, review or subscribe on whatever platform you've listened to this on. Your reviews help other editors to discover the show
0: and tell your friends. Also, if you have any questions or comments, leave us a message at SpeakPipe. There's a link in the description or email us at podcast at cuttothepoint.com.